West Limerick 102. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you for the next hour or so. I'm going to mix in a bit of music, uh, but mostly I'm going to be looking through some of the tech news. Uh, What I do usually for this show is I... um, Open up uh, some of the most popular tech websites, The Verge, CNET, even RT's own uh, tech science and technology section. And uh, I look through some of the headlines that I think would be most interesting. And then we, we kind of learn about them together. <laughs> so, I, uh, so first story that popped up here in front of me. The heir to Samsung uh, is reportedly a target of arrest, war- is a target of an arrest warrant for accounting fraud. Uh, J.Y. Lee, who um, acted as de facto Samsung head, has previously been convicted for bribery, perjury and embezzlement. Uh, Prosecutors in South Korea on Thursday reportedly requested the warrant for the arrest of Samsung heir J.Y. Lee. The investigation focuses on a controversial 2015 merger and an alleged accounting fraud tied to his suspected succession bid at the electronics giant. Reuters reported late on Wednesday. Lee, who has acted as de facto Samsung head since his father, Lee Kun-hee, suffered a heart attack in 2014, has faced up to 12 years uh, in prison in an investigation of the merger. His case was part of a corruption scandal that led to the impeachment of now former South Korean president Park Jung-hai. Uh, Lee was sentenced to five years in prison in 2017 after being found guilty of bribery, perjury and inve- embezzlement. His sentence was reduced from five years to two and a half after being suspended. Uh, Lee has always denied the allegations in court, but now he faces a return to jail after his 2018 release based on suspicion of uh, stockpile manipulation and audit rule violations, writer reports. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot going on there with such a big, massive company and uh, they they branch off into so many different things. So... uh, a company like that needs stability, but uh, their 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 head guy is uh, <laughs> is going through some controversy at the moment. But hopefully things work out for the best. Um, Sega's Game Gear Micro is retro gaming at its smallest. Uh, the incredible small handhelds are loaded with classic games in celebration of the company's company's 60th anniversary. So these are tiny. I'm looking at a picture here, and there's like. Um, Four of them in, in a person has their two hands cupped together, and there's like four of them there, and they could they could fit another two or three. They're tiny, so they're the tiny little handheld games. Uh, I see pictures of Sonic the Hedgehog and games like that, uh, the old Sega games. So they're always fun. I actually have a couple of old. Um, uh, I don't know what brands. I was supposed to yeah, there's a mini Sega Mega Drive with games built in. It's just a tiny one. You just put two AA batteries. Actually, they're the longest AA batteries. I have it for like 12 years and I've never changed the batteries. I don't use it that often, but they've never gone bad or ran out. Or <laughs> I, I, I need to start try it again. It's been a couple of months, but years and years I've had this. And every time I just plug it in, you know, it has the um, RCA cables and I just plug them in, turn it on. And it works. Uh, so it has a long lead to the RCA cable to the TV. And it has another long lead to the controller. And it looks like a tiny little Sega Mega Drive. I don't know where I got it. This was literally 10 years ago. And um, it has a, a full-size Sega uh, Mega Drive controller. 
and it's great crack it's very good but I have a couple of those I have an Atari one uh, with all the old Atari games and they were you know 30 euros or something like that but they're great they're great crack every so often and they're easy to there's no messing around setting them up or anything it's, it's really easy but there's an, this is different now this is these the one I'm talking about plugs into a TV these are tiny little handheld games they're like little, little um, Nintendo uh not DS's, but <laughs> little uh, PlayStation portables, something tiny ones looking. Uh, Sega last year released one of our favorite retro consoles, the Genesis Mini. And now it's going even smaller with the Sega Game Gear Micro. Sega showed off uh, the new set uh, of four gaming handhelds on Twitter yesterday, on Wednesday. Uh, each device has collected... Yeah, yesterday. Has collected... Uh, each device has a collection of classic games, including Sonic, uh, Outrun, Shining Force, um, Mega, Mega, I don't remember that game, oh, Megami, Tensei, I don't remember that game, uh, to celebrate the original Game Gear's 30th anniversary and Sega's 60th anniversary. Uh, just how small are they? The screen is just 1.15 inches. <laughs> if you're used to a phone with, you know, uh, seven inches and, and more, it must be, uh, it'll be a big change playing on the tiny little screen. But it's 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 handy if you're traveling or something. It's powered by two AAA size batteries or a micro USB port. Uh, the main body is less than 40% of the original size, according to the Game Gear's micro Amazon uh, Japan page. Each color has a different set of games, and you can see the titles for each uh, on the Rakuten store listing, and will be available on the 10th of October individually for which 5,478 yen each, which converts to about $50 or £40. So that's probably about €50 more than likely, uh, even though the, the US dollar is less than than euro, but it seems to always work out that way that it's <laughs> we ended up paying a little bit more. Uh, Sega Game Gear Micro. Oh yeah, so that'll be interesting. Uh, 10th of October. Those tiny little Sega Game Gear handheld games. So they should be fun. Uh, next up, we have a fossilized dinosaur stomach reveals the the dinosaur's 110 million year old last meal. So what were they eating? Uh, the the 2,900 pound armor plated dinosaur. S uh, a meticulous work by scientists we know the answer lots of leafy greens they were uh, vegetarians uh, the research team uncovered the dietary secrets of a fossilized nodo nodosaur oh there's a long name <laughs> Bur- I'm gonna try it for the crack uh, Bur- Burocopelta Mark Michele uh, the finding of the actual preserved stomach contents uh, from a dinosaur is extremely rare and this stomach recovered from the mummified uh, Nodosaur uh, by the museum team is far is by far the best preserved dinosaur stomach ever found to date. University of Saskatchewan uh, geologist Jim Basinger said in a release on Tuesday. So the well-preserved fossilized dinosaur. What exactly type of uh, vegetables were they? Fossilized stomach contains study. Uh, when we examined the thin sections of the stomach contents under microscope, we were shocked to see beautifully preserved and concentrated plant material. Is it just plant material? Uh, last meal was mainly fern leaves and bits of stems and twigs mixed in. It gets even more detailed than that. Charcoal found in the stomach suggests it was browsing in an area where ferns were regrowing after a fire. 
Oh, that's very exact for something that's millions of years old. It's amazing, isn't it, what they can do? So, um, do you know what? We might take a bit of music now, and we'll be back after this with more tech news. This is Tech Thursday with Patrick Sheehan. And you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. We're just browsing through the tech news here. Uh, Next up, we have CES 2021. uh, Plans to be live in Las Vegas, uh, physically and digitally. One of the largest tech events will look a little different next year, they're saying. Uh, The world's most influential tech event is officially in the works for 2021. The Consumer Technology Association announced last month that it plans to go ahead with an in-person event uh, in Las Vegas while addressing the challenges of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, While event after event has been cancelled this year, CTA has outlined some of the potential steps it intends to take uh, to keep uh, attendees as healthy as possible at the conference, which takes place in January next year. Those steps include a lot more sanitization of spaces throughout the show. Attendees will also be expected expect wider aisles in the exhibit areas and greater seat spacing at conference programs, uh, cashless systems for purchases, thermal scans at entry points and better on-site health services and medical aid. Uh, there will also be a wider selection of live stream CES content as well as other digital and virtual opportunities that will allow exhibitors to showcase new products, technologies and ideas both physically and digitally. Uh, the CTA said uh, it also plans to highlight technologies that help provide solutions uh, for some day-to-day challenges created by the pandemic. Uh, it sounds like, you know, I, I presume they'll have lots of social distancing, wearing masks, things like that. It sounds like it'd be just a very kind of difficult thing to go to, just long lines distanced out, uh, you know, instead of like a group of people being able to go through an exhibit or whatever or see a product and get through it, uh, it'll have to be one by one by one. And it just sounds like it'll be a it'll be a, a pain in the backside, as they say, to, to actually get through. Uh, in spite of the current events will be limited to 5,000 people well I suppose that'll help alright because they used to have way more people isn't it Uh, with a maximum of just uh, 1,000 attendees allowed in each section of the event per day it will also not be an an open or it will not be open to the public as it usually is and shortened from a week long conference uh, to only three days okay so so it's just journalists it's uh, it'll be spread out uh, oh yeah so yeah that's how it's been done I was wondering I thought it'd be open to the public that'd be impossible uh, okay next story is Google removes app that helped eliminate Chinese apps from their phones okay that's that's not good doesn't sound good from the face of it anyway uh, remove Chinese apps uh, were suspended remove Chinese apps oh that must be the name of it was suspended uh, for going against the search giant's deceptive behavior policy so they decide to solve deceptive behavior by using deceptive behaviors. Uh, Google has reportedly pulled an app from the Play Store designed to find and remove Chinese apps from people's phones. India-based remove Chinese apps was suspended for violating Google's deceptive behavior policy, in which, um, which in part bans apps that misleads users into removing or disabling third-party apps. Uh, Gadget360 earlier reported the news. Uh, One Touch App Labs, uh, the maker of Remove China Apps, tweeted about the suspension from Google Play on Tuesday. Uh, A Google representative pointed that the company's deceptive behavior policy, which doesn't allow... um, Yeah, so 
that's pretty much it. They stopped it from happening. The move comes at a time of growing anti-China sentiment in India and escalating tensions over a Himalayan border dispute and everything that's going on in Hong Kong as well. Uh, there was something in the news about uh, the UK were offering Hong Kong, like, is it 5 million people of Hong Kong uh, or 3 million um, British citizenship or something like that? as a way to get around what's happening with the Chinese government and everything. Um, so that's that's a great, you know, I hope that uh, actually happens. That would be a great way of uh, protecting them or something like that, you know, uh, before you know because of what's going on there at the moment with the Chinese government. Um, but uh, this company anyway was removed from Google. You know, Google say it was just uh, breaching the procedures or whatever, but Google have also been caught in the past trying to design uh, uh, different types of search engines uh, for the Chinese government and things like that and they've they've had to back out of those plans and things like that so uh, they're not always being honest themselves either so it's hard to know where it actually falls down or what's their reasoning for removing that but I think people should have allowed to do to remove whatever they want if they decide to use it then they decide to use it you know, if they want to remove all third-party apps or certain apps, they should be allowed to do it. It's their own phone, you know. It's their own privacy. So, I don't I, That's strange. Uh, Honda and Acura recalling 136,000 cars over faulty fuel pumps. A number of models from the 2018 to 2020 model years are affected. Now, I don't know if this is in Europe. This is, uh, this is on... Where is this? On CNET. Uh, so, this is, uh, this is uh, US... So a, a lot of times uh, cars in Europe will be built in Europe and they'll be using different parts and stuff. So I don't know. Uh, let's read on and see uh, if they mention Europe. Uh, Acura and Honda are recalling, which Acura is Honda, isn't it? They're the same company. They're just, uh, they, for some reason, they want to, they like to branch off or maybe Honda bought Acura in America one time and then they wanted to keep the name. Like um, Vauxhall in the UK, got bought out by Opel and so they, but they kept the name they wanted because people like the name uh, so Acura is the same in America a uh, number of 2018 to 2020 model year vehicles to replace their fuel pumps so they're being recalled uh, the automakers confirmed on Tuesday with a total of 136,057 cars in the United States are affected uh, the fuel pumps installed in these vehicles the NSX 2018-29 uh, Acura RDX RLX uh, Honda Accord. I don't think they're still selling or 2018, 2019. I don't think there's there's any new Honda Accords, is there over here? I don't know. Uh, Honda Civic Hatchback, Honda Civic Type R, 2018. These are all 2018, 2019. Honda Fit, Honda HRV, Honda Insight. I suppose uh, it'd be no harm to contact your dealer if you have one of those, just to ask uh, are they subject to the recall? But it doesn't mention Europe here anyway. Acura and Honda dealers will replace these vehicles' fuel pumps for free. Uh, the automakers are unaware of any crashes related to the problem. Uh, if you want to check if your car is affected by this or any other recall, head over to Roadshow's Guide uh, to find out more. Uh, so, Roadshow's, I don't know what Roadshow's Guide is. Uh, Honda and Acura, wait, what if I click the link? Will that show me where to go? So I can check. Oh, so Roadshow is CNET for, um, dot com forward slash Roadshow. How to check if your car has a recall. 
uh, and so that or find your VIN number and all that kind of stuff. But it might be just as easy if you wanted to double check just to contact your Honda dealer or something like that. If they're, of course, you might be able to, they might be open because of coronavirus, but you might be able to email them anyway and find out. Anyway, um, do you know what? I might take a bit of an ad break and I'll be back after this with more tech news. This is Patrick Sheehan and you're listening to Tech Thursday. Be back in a minute. You're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you uh, for the rest of this hour. Uh, Samsung AR glasses patent shows off a turn-by-turn navigation function. So this is uh, like a Google Glass uh, type glasses with uh, built-in screens and things like that, or it's a heads-up display. So it might have the rim of the glasses might um, put... uh, uh, in glass kind of uh, see it, it'll be transparent glass but it'll put things in front of you uh, with directions and it. it'll track uh, the directions of your eyes and things like that that's usually how it works so see which way you're looking and uh, and the movement of your head and global positioning and all put together uh, so this is it's pretty cool I think of it like a heads up display yeah, like you see the fighter pilots in the films and things like that uh, technology is wild seriously it's incredible to get a glimpse at gadgets that could come in the future uh, to potentially transform the way we perform tasks uh, cars and driving and such technology areas Samsung has an eye on uh, in a patent filed in South Korea Samsung partially describes a pair of glasses with AR functions that can provide turn by turn navigation in front of the driver's eyes essentially it sounds a bit like a heads up display of the kind some cars provide in the windshield Uh, But in this case, it's directly ahead of the driver, thanks to the glasses. Uh, From the patent described on the image, it sounds like the camera will work with the glasses to read the road ahead. From there, the tech could calculate. Now, so it goes that far. It it actually reads the road and everything uh, like, say, Tesla's technology would, where it reads all the signs and all that. Uh, From there, the tech could calculate navigation and deploy arrows, or maybe it doesn't go that far. Maybe it just uh, uses the navigation to tell you turn left and right and all that by your position rather than... I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. If it reads the road and everything, that's a lot of technology going in. Um, From there, the tech could calculate navigation and deploy arrows and other navigation guidance onto the world to the driver's seas. Well, I suppose it's not controlling the car. You're still controlling the car, so it's just showing you. So it's it's not as intrusive as a a car um, technology would be the the automated cars and things like that. So they wouldn't need to be as precise. They need to be precise to tell you where they're going, but it's not actually driving the car for you, so it wouldn't have to be as detailed and things like that um while a heads-up display remains uh, fixed while the dri- while driving you could see these ar glasses give drivers the ability to look around and see directions as they look uh, for an exit ramp or navigate lane changes there's also mention of an in-vehicle camera to possibly read a driver's signals and send commands to the system um I've seen ones before. I don't know if the glasses would be a bit awkward or something. I've seen ones before that uh, like pop up on the windscreen uh, or ideas where it actually just tracks your eyes which way you're looking, and it it moves the the it moves it on the windscreen your direction and things like that. I don't know if the glasses will maybe depends on how well it's done. I suppose. Uh, next story. 
U.S. Defense Department ramps up 5G testing. It now has 12 military bases experimenting with 5G. U.S. Department of Defense is bringing 5G tests with experiments to seven more military bases across the nation. It announced on Wednesday it will bring the DOD's test sites up to 12, uh, with the department saying 5G will help maintain America's military and economic advantages. So what are they using it for militarily? Uh, it's, like, it's just a faster network. So uh, it's being tapped uh, by smartphones to provide faster speeds and more capacity. It's testing both military and commercial applications of 5G. Some of the new tests announced this week include peer connectivity, aircraft mission red- readiness, augmented reality for military training, wireless connections for tactical operation, uh, 5G security and spectrum sharing. Uh, the seven new sites are Fort Hood and Texas. Yeah, so they have new sites, so they're going to be trying for that kind of stuff. Um, and they have test bases, so well, that's interesting. Though, how they're going to use it for their for their use. Um, Google faces a five billion lawsuit in the U.S. for tracking private internet use. Uh, Google was sued on Tuesday in a proposed class action. Um, oh yeah, so I've I've heard, I've read about this actually. Uh, DuckDuckGo, which is a famous kind of um, search engine for if you don't want to be tracked and you don't want your history to be kept and things like that. And they were tweeting yesterday. I think I shared it out about Google's and that Google's private. Uh, so the, this store anyway, but they were kind of slagging them off because they're the they're the ones that are famous for not tracking you and not using it and things like that. So uh, Google was sued on Tuesday in a proposed class action accusing the internet search engine complete uh, company of illegally invading the privacy of millions of users by pervasively tracking their internet use through browsers set in private mode. Um, the lawsuit seeks at least five billion, accusing the Alphabet Inc. company of surreptitiously collecting information about what people view online and where they browse, despite using what Google calls incognito mode. According to the complaint, the complaint f- filed in federal court in San Jose, California, uh, Google gathers data through Google Analytics. Google Ads Manager and other applications and the website plugins, including smartphone apps, regardless of whether users click on Google-supported ads. Uh, this then helps Google learn about users, uh, friends, hobbies, favorite foods, shopping habits. Yeah, but where does this go? Potentially embarrassing things they search for online. Google cannot continue to engage in the covert and unauthorized data collection from virtually every American and this, uh, all over the world uh, with a computer or phone, the, compla- uh, the complaint said. Uh, Joe Costanza, a Google spokesperson, said the Mountain View, California-based company will defend itself vigorously against the claims. As we clearly state, each time you open a new incognito mode websites, might be able to collect information. Why bother then? It's not incognito about your browsing activity, he said. So, yeah. So it's But it's still, it's false advertising, though, to me, it seems, anyway. Uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't like Google's side of that now. Uh, okay. Deloitte Boys, 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 a Dublin-based uh, cloud business, DNM. Uh, Delight Ireland has acquired cloud business uh, DNM. Uh, Dublin-based DNM works with clients across Europe and North America, as well as offering cloud-based products. It also advises um, on big data and a- analytical projects. 
Uh, Delight says the combination will improve its scale and strength and create a leading IT-enabled business transformation consulting offering. Uh, this is an important investment in our business, says Harry Goddard, CEO of Delight Ireland. The combination of skills and technology and business transformation is a powerful proposition and gives us a real platform for growth in the areas of heightened importance for clients. Uh, the DNM team will join the Delight's consulting business in Dublin uh, to create a team of over 1,000 technology consulting professionals in total. So that's interesting. Uh, a big takeover there. In, in Dublin uh, but you know what we might take another bit of music uh, and we'll be rounding it up soon uh, so I'll be back after this with a little bit more tech news enjoy the music and you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday this is Patrick Sheehan with you uh, next story we have is the EU embarks on an overhaul of big tech rules the European Union has begun an intense lobbying season in Brussels as it prepares to overhaul decade-old rules to keep a tighter leash on Facebook, Google and other tech giants. Uh, the European Commission asked for feedback, including from the public and EU governments, before it unveils a new law at the end of the year, to be known as the Digital Services Act. The Digital Services Act. Uh, the major piece of legislation is one of the EU's executive's top priorities and could set the standards worldwide for stricter oversight on how the Internet's biggest platforms handle disinformation, personal data and expanding their businesses. Online platforms have taken a central role in our life, our economy and our democracy. Internal Market Commissioner Thierry Breton said in a statement, with such a role comes greater responsibility, but this can happen only against the backdrop of a modern ro- rule book for digital services, he added. Respondents have until September 8 to give their views, with the Commission's draft of a new law expected in December. It would then face changes and ratification uh, by EU member states and European Parliament, where MEPs have already drawn up at least three versions of their own. So it sounds like it's going to be quite complicated. Uh, the legislation will land at an extraordinary sensitive time for tech giants with Twitter and Facebook at loggerheads in the US over how to handle controversial tweets uh, by President Trump. Um, warning tags by Twitter on uh, presidential tweets provoked Trump into revoking a legal pillar in the US uh, of the US government which shields digital platforms from lawsuits linked to content uh, posted by third parties. I suppose the the Republicans' view is that they're big into free speech. People can say what they want, and say on Twitter if you don't like them, a person what a person's saying, you can just block them. Uh, so that's their point of view. That uh, because you know they might the the people that are doing the blocking, say Twitter, and okay, they might think that they're on the side of right, and but what if happens? Uh, if that power is in the hands of people that aren't on the side of right and that they're able to restrict others and you know the you know, sometimes you <laughs> t- things can power can if you give power away that power can get into the hands of the wrong people if you think you're on the side of right uh, and you take power and you use it against others that you think are on the side of wrong that can flip back the other way as well you know and uh, they can use that power against you uh, so what the what the the original constitution i suppose of america was about that people uh people have freedom of speech and that the good the good will trump the trump the evil in the end you know that kind of a thing 
So um, but uh, the, the, we'll have to see how it works out. But, you know, there's so many people in the EU and there's so many if they're trying if something is being proposed that is wrong, I presume there'll be enough uh, voices to balance things out as well. So and that the best thing is that <laughs> in a way, the best thing would be is if nobody likes it, uh, you know, it, when, uh, I'm a kind of a person that likes uh, compromise and things like that. And that that's something a balance that, that, you know, everyone has a voice and that, that maybe if it comes to left and right in politics, that if they both don't like it, you must be doing something right. You know, that kind of <laughs> sometimes. So. Uh, next story, uh, privacy concerns and technical doubts, dull hopes of HSE COVID-19 apps value. So this is an app by the HSE. Uh, the first announced in late March, the health service executives COVID-19 uh, contact exposure tracing app uh, was based on a seemingly simple idea to use the smartphone's wireless sensors to identify the person uh, person had been near someone else with COVID-19. The app could then warn people may be at a greater risk of infection, making the work for the HSE's contact tracing team much easier. Um, but two months and multiple targets later, it's still not available. Uh, I think there's just not enough people maybe signing up for it with privacy concerns. Uh COVID-19 seems to be the curve is well flattened and it seems to be going down a lot anyway so it may be breaching people's privacy and things like that uh, might not be necessary it might uh, be burning itself out on its own hopefully uh, hopefully it keeps going down we don't get second waves and things like that uh, of note to privacy experts too is the fact that weeks after being unveiled uh, very little was also still known about the app and its feet. That's most important. If you're going to be having an app that uh, breaches people's privacy, but they say it's for the greater good, it must be completely transparent. So if it wasn't, um, that's that's not a good sign. Uh, oh yeah, that's another article about the same thing. Uh, we'll just, you know what? Uh, time is almost up now, so we'll quickly go through the rest of the stories and see see. Um, what we have Amazon's warehouse workers sue over risk of COVID-19 infection workers allege Amazon sought to create a facade of compliance a group of three Amazon warehouse worker employees who work in the company's New York fulfillment centers have filed a lawsuit alleging the company put them and their families at risk of COVID-19 infection according to a report Uh, so what did they do says contracted the virus uh, in March from State Island warehouse known as uh, JFK 8 her cousin was also her roommate, later died after experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. What did the company do? The, the complaint accuses Amazon of fostering a work environment in which employees were explicitly or impi- implicitly encouraged to continue attending work and prevented them from adequ- adequately washing their hands and sanitizing their workstations. Well, that's ridiculous. I thought they would. <laughs> they said what they were said and what they actually did, I suppose, were different things. They said that they were going to take that really seriously, that they wanted to keep their staff healthy for everyone's good. But obviously that's not being done, you know. Um, everyone knows how, how uh, Amazon are the biggest company in the world and Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. They need to keep investing in that company to, if they want to keep stay there and things like that. Uh, invest in their staff because they're the most... Uh, important asset they have you know and they t- need to take care of them pay them well i i read in some places that the pay isn't very good for a lot of the staff and bathrooms can be like two buildings away where you have to walk for 20 minutes and then you're in trouble because you took too long and it's some ridiculous things like that so things like that need to be sorted out uh you know 
I don't want you know I, I definitely want the companies to succeed because they're the ones that pay the staff and they're the ones that do well but they have to take care of the staff as well and there's lots of companies that do take care of their staff that do uh, extremely well as well so so next up we have Dyson shares new photos uh, and videos of its cancelled electric SUV so I, I didn't know about this until I popped up this story earlier uh, it actually looks like a, 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 an almost exact cross between, do you know, that Tesla Cybertruck and like a Range Rover. It's like the Cybertruck is all rounded. It's actually much, it's like what the Cybertruck should have been. Actually looks really nice. Uh, luxury vacuum magnet, uh, James Dyson, a genius. He's invented so many different things as well. Really smart guy. Uh, new photos and a little more information about his company's failed electric vehicle. Ah, oh, that's sad. It looked nice though. Yeah, it's this pity. They should have actually gone. There's some other, um, I'll never think of the name of it now, a company, I think, from Holland that uh, was making, made that car that Richard Hammond crashed in, uh, that really fast electric car, like a high-end electric car, but it wasn't being uh, financially successful. And they started, because they had invented some really good uh, motors and things like that, they started... Um, uh, licensing them out to other companies and they're actually doing well out of that it's a pity that Dyson didn't do that you know use it to, to kind of uh, power their car or something like that um, but uh, he said he poured more than half a billion dollars of his own money into the company uh, in a blog post he said Dyson shows off some of the first images and videos of the real prototype it made before the project was killed last October as well as a few more computer renderings, he described the SUV as a radical car which was loaded with technology and says his company solved lots of problems that are traditionally associated with electric vehicles, though the project was ultimately abandoned for not being commercially viable. Well, that's it. Well, see, they could have, they had a, like these weird luxury things as well. They could have maybe uh, made it in a more uh, industrial way or say a way they could have been replicated uh, cheaper and quicker and things like that. Um, or maybe collaborated with the likes of that company that I was talking about, the, whose name I can't remember. Um, or, yeah, with open source that may be something like that. Missing from the post is any substantive explanation of what those problems were, though, uh, or how the company was going to solve them. Dyson touts a bespoke, integrated and highly efficient electric uh, drive unit comprising, well, if they're scrapping it, well, I think they should share, you know, the technology or license it out or something like that, see if others would be interested. Uh, Autocar reports SUV was supposed to offer somewhere around 600 miles of range using a 150 kilowatt battery. Dyson never got close enough to put that claim to the test. Uh, so that's a pity. There's a picture of the steering wheel. It actually looks like a Formula One car steering wheel with loads of buttons and stuff. Uh, one of the few standout parts of the SUV was the steering wheel, yeah, that says there. Yeah, so that's, that's a pity. It actually looked kind of cool. Uh, and the design is much nicer than most of the electric cars I've seen. So it's a pity it didn't work out. Um, next up, we're, we're supposed to be going through quickly through these, but we're taking a bit longer. So uh, Zoom says free users won't uh, get end-to-end -end encryption. So FBI and police can access calls. Well, that's a pity. Uh, that's the reason I use WhatsApp and things like that, because it has end-to-end -end encryption. But Zoom says they're not going to do that. Uh, they want to, I suppose, stop uh, criminal activity happening through Zoom. So they want it open that police can monitor if necessary. But it's just a little less privacy for everybody. So, but uh, 
they'll say it's for the greater good, I suppose, but uh, it, it makes you feel a little less comfortable, I suppose, with it. So I suppose we've looked through most of the stories now today. Um, yeah, that's about it. Honor's latest smartphone has a temperature sensor, the Honor Play 4. So that's a new uh, thing, there, a gimmick, I suppose. <laughs> a lot of the time they're trying to temperature sensor. Uh, Microsoft's new Edge browser is up now with a new Windows update. Uh, Suntable solar speaker review that's a, a speaker that charges up a bluetooth speaker charges up with solar power and BBC releases its own Beeb voice assistant in beta I hope it's better than the, the Samsung one um, yeah so we'll see how that works out uh, I might get more into that next week maybe if I have time so thank you for listening to Tech Thursday this has been Patrick Sheen with you hope you've enjoyed the show and I'll talk to you next week <laughs> You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.